Gospel according to Luke chapter 2. In a moment, I'll start in verse number 22. Today is the dawn of 2023. And I want to focus on two people who modeled some of the qualities that we should all be seeking in this new year. In fact, we should be seeking them in every year. Luke chapter 2, and I'll begin reading in verse number 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, him being Jesus. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named, uh, called Simeon. He was, a righteous and, uh, he was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, a daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to whom all were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Joseph and Mary, being faithful parents, bring Jesus to the temple in fulfillment of the scriptures found in Exodus chapter 13. As they offered a sacrifice in keeping with the law as well. And the sacrifice is mentioned in Leviticus chapter 12. And the kind of sacrifice that they offered, the two doves and, or pigeons, indicated that they were poor. So we can learn a lot about Joseph and Mary from this passage, but my focus today is not on them. My focus today is on Simeon and Anna. It is very commonplace to set goals or resolutions at the beginning of a new year. Goals related to health, goals related to finances, goals related to relationships, goals related to new things or new adventures. There are some people who have never been on a roller coaster and are making 2023 the year of the roller coaster. I am not one of them. 
These goals communicate for everyone who makes them. These resolutions demonstrate what we want and or what we're looking forward to. But this day, on this morning, rather than focusing on what I want for my life, what I want to accomplish in 2023, I want to take a look at perhaps what God wants for me in this new year. And one of the things that kept rising up within me as I began looking to a New Year's Day message is that God wants his people, if ever there was a time where it was needed, God wants his people to be real, to be authentic and real. If ever there was a time when authenticity was needed, it's today. People dislike fake. Most people seek the genuine. Even people who may not agree with you can respect and perhaps even offer admiration when something is truly genuine or real. The world around us needs to see that following Jesus is a real thing. It brings real benefits. It brings real joy. And it's something that we can demonstrate. It offers his people real peace. So there are four areas I want to touch on that I see in Simeon and then in Anna where we need to be real. Verse 25, the first one, calls Simeon righteous. Now most accept that the word righteous can mean just or fair. But in the original Greek, there's some depth added to it. There's also this sense of a righteousness or, a just, or being just before God. Because this world, day by day, demonstrates over and over again, it hasn't a clue what just or fair is. So being just or fair before the world is not my goal for 2023. Being more just and more fair and being in tune with God in this year is my goal. Let everyone do whatever makes you happy is the mantra for today. And then they'll say, that's only fair. But what about what makes God happy? Adding another level of depth to that word righteous is also not only being just before God, but being approved by him. So many of us live our lives, and if we're just honest, it happens to everyone, that we want the approval of other people. And we live for that approval. It could be friends. It could be family. It could be people at work. It could be the community we live in. It could be whatever circle we have. We oftentimes spend so much energy and give so much credence to being approved by others. And these things can have their place. I would like my employer to approve of the things I do when I work for him. That kind of justifies the paycheck. But this path to being approved by men, the Bible says over and over again, is something I'm willing to let God take care of as I seek to be in his favor and seek to be approved by him. God will grant me favor. It's happened over and over in my life. I've had job interviews that I went for 
that I look back on, why in the world did I even apply for the job? I was so not qualified for it by the list of qualifications that were given in the application. And yet, I applied for the job, and then God did something. So many times in your life, I'm sure there have been times where there were situations where if it was left up to the favor of people, if it was left up to the approval and the mindsets and the changing things in everyone's emotions, you would have been done a long time ago. But God. But God. And that's what I want to live for in 2023. His favor. His approval. That's the path to favor. Simeon was also called devout. This means he took his relationship with God seriously. It wasn't a Sunday thing. It wasn't a special thing for special times. His life made it clear that God was real to him. And one of the ways we can make it clear to the world that God is real to us in how we treat other people. I've often used the example that when someone new comes into a church, and I've seen it in so many churches, there is this descent upon the new person. They are showered with love. They are showered with affection. They are showered with appreciation for being here. They are showered with gifts in many, many um, situations. Who wouldn't want to come be a part of a church like that? But in the same scene, we also see the treatment of those who we've known for 10, 15, 20 years be quite casual, and I've seen in situations, not here, but quite disrespectful. So what that communicates to new people coming into the church is you want to be new here, but you don't want to be here 20 years from now. How do we treat others? That demonstrates our devotion to the Lord. What we permit in our lives. I am amazed at what some people allow in their lives as they walk with the Lord. I've even heard Christians say in certain certain situations, as they're doing something they know they shouldn't be doing, they know isn't wise, they know isn't sound, and they'll say, well, God will forgive me. True, it is. God will forgive you. But why do something you know you're going to have to ask forgiveness for? That makes no sense to me. And that isn't devotion. I don't want to do anything that I'm going to have to go back to God for and ask forgiveness for. There are plenty of things I do anyway that I need to do that for. To plan on doing that is nonsense. And we show devotion by how we care about the things God cares about. We do realize God cares about people, right? So many times I've, in fact, my wife and I were watching that wonderful Wonderful show last night, uh, Twilight Zone. And it was a scene, it was an episode where the star character in the episode did not like people. All people. And so he was reading a book called Mind Over Matter, and it said if you concentrate enough, you can get rid of the things you don't like. So he concentrated on getting rid of people. 
And it began when he first got rid of the landlady who was coming to the door to ask for the rent. I kind of appreciated what he was trying to do there. But then he got rid of everybody in his office and everybody in the subway and everybody on the street. He got rid of everybody. And we can look at it and say, that's pretty funny. And at the end, he kind of came to consensus and says, well, having people is better than not having people. And he, with mind over matter, he wished them all back. Let's be real today. Every one of us has thought about doing that from time to time. Every one of us has said we wish we could just close our eyes and the entire landscape and panorama of humanity would just disappear. Except that's asking to have disappear people God cares about and that people God loves, no matter how they annoy you. That's okay if they annoy you. Trust me, there are people you annoy. I know it's hard to believe, and don't walk out on me yet, but we need to be, as part of our devotion to God, people who care about what he cares about. These are the hallmarks of devotion. A life lived in true righteousness and devotion will draw others to Christ. What I don't get is when Christians who are well-meaning and they want to be able to be a better witness to the world and be, a be, uh, be, be better able to reach people who are not Christians at the moment, think that doing so is by them being less Christian. No, it's them needing to be more Christian, more of a believer, and God will draw them. That's what the Bible teaches, and that's where we need to be. However, being righteous is the goal. Being self-righteous pushes people away. Calling flawed, uh, flawed people names. Well, I love all people, even the filthy heathens and pagans that are out there. Yeah, that's going to draw nobody. It won't even draw the filthy heathens and pagans. We need to be careful about labeling people because those labels take root in the heart. There are a lot of public figures I strongly disagree with. There are a lot of political figures I strongly disagree with. Yet I will always seek to take no joy in bad things happening to them. I will seek their blessings. I will pray that God take care of them. I will pray that God move powerfully in their lives. But I will also pray God shower blessings upon them like he has showered on you and me. And like he did before we came to know him. I don't look forward to anyone's downfall. We need to be content to let God deal with people as we are content with him dealing with us. I don't want anybody to face hell. I don't want anybody to go there. And neither does Jesus. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, it would be real easy to focus on that verse in Second Peter 
on the, on the words anyone and everyone. But I want to focus on something that we need to understand. He is patient with you. Has God been patient with you? Has he been patient with the nonsense that we embrace and continue to go? Of course he has been. Aren't you thankful Jesus is patient with you? Well, then he is also going to be patient with people who don't, who you don't care for. And he's also going to be patient with people that anger you. And he's also going to be patient with people who hurt you and have done so in the past. And since our desire, what the word Christian means, is to be like him, we should strive to be patient as well. And aren't you glad? Isn't it something that you can give God praise for today? That he has placed people in your life that will help you develop patience. <laughs> he has given you people that you're going to be able to practice patience day after day after day. But not only was Simeon righteous, he was also expecting. He was looking for and was expecting the coming of the Messiah. And he was not idle in doing so, but waiting for the Messiah gave him hope, and that hope moved and motivated his life. There has been, because of the chaos and the nonsense and the things we've never seen before in human history, there has been so much conversation, even that we've seen in our men's group on Thursday night. So much conversation about the coming of the Lord and the end times. I believe the Lord is coming back. I believe his return could be any day. The thing is, I have believed that since I was 17 years old. Since the first day I became a Christian. Yes, I see many signs that line up today with how the Bible provides prophecy. Yes, our world is an unprecedented mess. That's a theological term, mess. But even when I couldn't see specific signs, even when it wasn't this level of clarity that we, that we claim exists today, his coming for his church could always happen at any moment. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 2, for you know well, that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. How many of you go to bed each night saying, I can't wait for a thief to come into my home? No, you might prepare for one by having an alarm system or special locks or some type of huge animal, dog, mountain lion, whatever it is you want to have. But that's not the same preparation for a negative possibility as having an expectation. And that expectation is one that we embrace from the moment we give our hearts to Jesus. This expectation is what kept Simeon going. It sustained him. Your Lord is coming back for you. I'm going to say that again. Your Lord is coming back for you. That's something to shout about. We serve God today like there is no tomorrow because we've learned throughout the course of our lives that no one is promised tomorrow. 
That doesn't mean we don't plan for tomorrow. That doesn't mean we don't make preparations. But we realize that the fulfillment of our expectation of the Lord taking his church out of this world could happen at any moment. So when people ask me, do you believe the Lord's return is near? The answer is yes. But I've believed that for the past 45 years. Because that's our expectation. And that has given me hope. Simeon was righteous. He was expecting and he was available. The end of verse 24 and all of verse 25 in the the initial passage, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, admittedly, let's be honest. This is before, all of this is before the day of Pentecost. And you and I, have the opportunity and an advantage over those who were devoted to God but lived before the day of Pentecost. Because for you and I, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit living with us each and every day. Yet some of the principles of the presence of the Holy Spirit still exist. We need to live lives that are sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. They're sensitive to what He wants us to do. When the Holy Spirit moves on you and speaks into your heart about taking a pot of coffee across the street to that neighbor that you wished would have moved decades ago. You need to listen to the Spirit. We need to live lives not only listen to the Spirit, that are instantly willing to follow his direction. Sadly, that's not something I can claim. I heard the Holy Spirit move upon my life at the age of 17 about becoming a minister. I waited till I was 30 to say, okay, God, you win. You can't look at 13 years and use the word instantly. We need to live lives that embrace what the Holy Spirit speaks to us. There are so many voices in the world today. Clamoring for your attention. Clamoring for your allegiance. Lord, I want to hear you above all the noise. I want to listen to you above all the nonsense that's coming out of the world. And let's be honest, some of it's even coming out of the church. We don't know when the Holy Spirit said this to Simeon. He could have said it to Simeon a week before this this moment where he held the baby Jesus. Or he could have said it to Simeon years before that detail is not provided but we need to live lives that demonstrate that we trust the holy spirit if god gives you a promise that it that that takes a year to be fulfilled that's okay because that's okay with me because it's okay with god if god gives you a promise that takes 20 years to be fulfilled that should be okay because we trust him And if God gives you a promise that just says you'll see it before you die, that's okay too. My mom prayed every single day for my father to come to Jesus. That was her heart's desire. Now, I don't know if the Holy Spirit ever spoke to her, but she prayed for him every single day. And eventually, he came to know Jesus. But it was two years after she had left this world. Some of those promises happen that way. We need to trust the voice of the Spirit like Simeon did. Many are praying for salvation for family members. Keep praying. Don't give up. 
Keep hoping. Trust that the Holy Spirit is working on them and speaking to them. And the worst thing we can do when the Holy Spirit is speaking to them is for us to get in the way. And we start speaking to them. Because then we confuse people. As for when the fulfillment happens, that's up to God. So Simeon was expecting and righteous and available. But there was something that both Simeon and Anna were doing. They were living it every moment. The acquisition of knowledge is a good thing. As many of you know, back in fall of 2020, I started going back to graduate school. Because knowledge is a good thing. But I'm finding that people less and less are impressed with what you know. They really don't care about what you know. They're more impressed with how you live. They want to see Jesus in you. They want to see the friend of sinners in you. They want to see the defender of a woman caught in the midst of sin in you. Of Anna, this passage says, in the end of verse 37, the beginning of the last verse of that chapter, she never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying, coming to them at, ev- at that very moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna was devoted to her spiritual disciplines. Anna loved to worship. She loved to pray. She loved to give thanks. And it spoke about the child and him being, and she spoke about the child and him being the redemption of Israel. And the only way she would have known that is by studying the scriptures. So she was also one who loved to study God's word. Now it says she was in the temple day and night. And the only people who can do that here are those who have keys to the building. But since you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you can worship in the temple day and night. You can give him praise and glory day and night. You can lift up his name and glorify his kingdom day and night. You can offer worship and thanks day and night. These are the very real things that we can do. And Anna, it says, did this all the time. Very real things and very real parts of our walk with the Lord. So, if we're going to make 2023 or make resolutions for 2023, why not make ones that last beyond 2023? To be set apart for the Lord. Lord, my life is yours. It doesn't belong to anyone else. It belongs to you. Live for Jesus each and every day. As if tomorrow isn't promised because church, it's not. It's not. Being willing to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and then once you've heard his voice, then truly listen. And we demonstrate that we listen by doing what we heard. Not looking to pick it on kids today. But how many of us remember saying things to our children and then them doing nothing? Which means they heard, but they didn't listen. 
but being willing to listen to the voice and worshiping him like never before. 2023, all of us have those times in our lives when a particular new year has specific things in it that we're looking forward to and have generated tremendous energy and plans. 2023 is that for my family. My son will get married in July. His premarital counseling with his fiance starts at the end of this month. So they will get married in July, assuming they survive the premarital counseling. And in August, my wife and I celebrate 40 years of marriage. There are a lot of things. Thank you. Wasn't looking for that. But thank you. I'll look for it in August, though. So there are things all of us have in those special moments that seem to come together, and we have these plans. And I'm not trying to be morbid, but how many know none of that is promised? None of it. I, spent to, I, I, I went to too many funerals at the end of November and in December to realize that tomorrow is not promised. But thankfully, everyone I went to was for a believer. So we could easily say, in the midst of grief that is real and in the midst of pain that is genuine, we could say, for the person who had passed, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is hope. So at the beginning of any week, any month, any year, just being like Simeon and Anna sounds like a good 2023 resolution to me. Being more of what he wants of me and what he wants of you. Pray with me, please.